Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back. Relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is an epic treat to be here today. We've got with us Robin Sharma. Robin, how are you, brother? Great, Great to be with you, Robin. It is such a pleasure to have you here. For those tuning into Robin for the first time, let me quickly do the honors. He is a celebrated leadership icon, trusted advisor to Fortune 100 companies, sporting legends all over the world, elite performers, industry titans, and as, as if that wasn't already enough, he's also a humanitarian. He founded the RSFC, the Robin Sharma Foundation for Children. He is considered one of the top five leadership experts in the world. He's internationally acclaimed as a best-selling author. He's sold over 20 million books. Check that out. You've definitely heard of The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. There is, in my circles, the personal development cult classic, The 5AM Club. And he recently wrote, which is actually my favorite, The Everyday Hero Manifesto. We're going to dive deep into that. His list of clients include Starbucks, Nike, GE, Microsoft, even NASA are using his leadership methods to drive growth and performance. Dude. Thank you so much for doing this with us today. Really a pleasure, Amrith. Thank you. At the risk of sounding rude, I'm just going to go there straight out of the gate. Robin, are you giving up coaching? Because there is so much in this book, The Hero Manifesto. I have, as a coach, I love reading good books. I'm reading books all the time. I get one to two, if I'm lucky, three to four ideas out of each book. This book is like, I'm going to go there, like Marcus Aurelius's Meditations for coaches it is like you can pick up dude it is ridiculous thank you so much for writing this book my question still stands are you giving up coaching like this book has that much going in it you know it's funny i did um i did a mastermind call with one of my old friends uh, last week and he said the same thing he said you know make it a coaching curriculum etc um but uh, yes, I am getting away from coaching. I really love the, art, the artist, the, the artist life. I, I wrote the Everyday Hero Manifesto during six months of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I just love the routine and the simplicity and the austerity of getting back to being a writer again. Mm-hmm. And so, what I tried to do with the book is just put, you know, almost everything that I've learned through life, through working with so many superstars. Uh, experiencing my tragedies and my trials. And I just, you know, basically I wanted to, in 400 pages, I wanted to 
put some very rich, thoughtful philosophies, methodologies, and tools that would really serve people, not only in their productivity and worldly success, but in their spiritual evolution and dealing with difficulties. So the, the book stands on its own and people can use it as they wish. Absolutely. And I think it covers, like you alluded to, it covers so much ground in 400 pages. And I'm not just saying that. Please do yourself a favor, check it out. I found myself, I couldn't get past certain chapters. It was like this chapter, repeat, repeat, repeat. 29, there's a chapter on peak productivity strategies. It is a gospel. Like if you are like, trust me, if you're a coach, this is everything you've ever gone out of your way to learn and then some, and you can just build your whole empire based on applying these strategies. And then there's 40 lessons that you wish you would have learned before 40. Each of those nuggets of wisdom is pure dynamite. You can literally, like I said, Marcus Aurelius meditations, take away each one of those each morning, go and think about it. It's enough to sort of keep you going for ages. And then there's all the practicalities, like there's little parables, little stories that you can go away and unpack, whether it's on trauma, whether it's your spirituality, whether it's high performance, whether it's helping out a friend. There's so much ground that you cover in there. Thank you so much. I want to ask you a question that has always been burning in my heart ever since I've I've been following your work is there's a word often that I find, you know, we, we associate with the people that we, we respect and we look up to. And there's a word that I associate with yourself and hopefully you're okay with me pairing this with you is the word legacy. And I wanted to tune in and sort of see what does legacy mean to yourself? And if so, after that, potentially, what do you think is your legacy? It's a, it's a fascinating question, Amrith. And, um, you know, I wrote a book 20, about 25 years ago called Who Will Cry When You Die? And that book was very much about legacy. It was, mm-hmm. You mentioned Marcus Aurelius in Meditations. He talks about the tongues of prosperity, of, of uh, um, not prosperity, the tongues of, what's the word? Um, the tongues of, anyway. He, he speaks to the fact that, you know, so often we live our lives to be, to be revered after we're, we're dead. And there's a lot of talk these days about legacy. And I used to, as I suggest from, from the book I wrote years ago, it was like, I used to really believe in it. I used to write about make your mark, you know, the old Joseph Campbell idea that, you know, to live in the hearts of those we leave behind is never to die, you know, make your mark on history. But if you look at one of the last chapters of the Everyday Hero Manifesto, and I'm sure you've read it. Mm-hmm. I actually say that don't worry about your legacy. I know. You know, I think I, I right and now I think I now at the age I'm at, I believe legacy is a fool sport. I, I I believe legacy is nothing more than about, you know, the ego, the ego, the ego's chatter. Because mm. you know, no matter how long we get to live, we will all <clears throat> end up as a pile of dust in an urn, maybe next to someone's little league trophies over their fireplace mantle. Mm -hmm. And the kings and queens get buried next to the unknowns. Mm -hmm. And so why worry about how you'll be remembered when you're dead? Because we will be dead. Mm -hmm. And I think it's much more important to live while you're alive. So Mm -hmm. to answer your question, I, I don't care about my legacy i don't think about legacy i encourage people not to worry about their legacy while you are blessed to live Mm. you know produce your monuments if that's attractive to you do your spiritual growth if that's what fuels your jam live the life you want to live honor your promise and don't worry about your legacy (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that brother man really 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 appreciate that in there, there's a piece that really stands tall for me is there is still the hero's journey that we are all living through. And there is such a narrative from the outside looking. And obviously there is so much projection in what I'm about to do, but nonetheless, I'm going to go there is from someone that's having, you know, coach, literally you are one of the top five, you know, advisors for performance coaches in the world. So in that perspective, like growing something so i I want to use the word monumental, but something so epic, let's just call it that, the identity pieces that we all have to behold in order to grow ourselves. And there's going to be some topics in identity I want to unpick with you today. Um, But that, and then learning to even what you've just described, to shed that, 
dude, the amount of work, inner work that that must take, can we just have a minute to hear about building all of that up and then surrendering all of that as well? Well, so I, I want to make sure I understand your question. And I think you're saying, you're suggesting I built something and that requires an identity mm-hmm. and then to let it go and not be concerned about legacy requires the dismantling of the identity. Of an identity. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's my question. So, so you know, the, the first thing is the most honest thing I'd say to you is I'm just on my journey. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've completely dismantled my worldly identity because that would mean shedding my ego and that would mean I'm enlightened and I am absolutely far from that. I'm, I'm just on my path. One thing I, I, I really believe in service. Mm. So I work, I work to serve. I stood in Nelson Mandela's prison cell a number of years ago. My life changed. I listened to the guard, the guide who, who walked me into the present prison cell who had served with him for seven years, I believe. And I said, what was Nelson Mandela like? And he said, that man was a humble servant. Mm. And so, you know, I I really believe if we could be humble servants while we get to live, Mm. if we could use our days to create magic and value for people, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So I, whatever I've built, it's, it's in the spirit of service. It's, it's also in the spirit of honoring my craft. It's also in the spirit of seeing how far of my promise and potential I can materialize why I live. I'm not so concerned with, you know, in the Everyday Hero Manifesto, I say, uh, JPF, J- Joy, Peace, and Freedom is always more valuable than FFA, Fame, Fortune, and Applause. Mm. So what I do in the world is not for FFA, Fame, Fortune, and Applause. It's more for Joy, Peace, and Freedom. And yes, I mean, I, I do try to let go. I, I think if you're concerned with fame, fortune, and applause as you build your brand or build your business, then your energy and your genius and your attention and your time is off the work that will actually give you the fame, fortune, and applause mm. that so many people are, are seeking. Isn't that a trip, isn't it? It's like the humility that was required to be in service. And it's weird. Like I like I love even just being in service because humility and service, they're such a good combination of words together because in order to be in service, you've got to humble yourself. You can't be the master and be in service or be humble. Like it's this weird sort of dynamic, right? So humble service, love that. And the key thing that I find in there is it's so challenging for the ego to wrap its head around that that potentially is my path of greatest ease, path of greatest flow, potentially even my path of greatest prosperity comes from like dropping the guard of the ego and dropping FFA and stepping more into um, into joy, into freedom. Yeah, like that's such a, it feels so counterintuitive for the mind. Yes, I, I think the place where your greatest fears live is the place where your greatest freedom lies. Mm. I believe joy is our GPS. Mm. I believe instinct is so much more powerful than our intellect. Mm. So if we exercise the bravery to trust the silent whispers of our highest selves, and I know that sounds inspiration and perhaps inspirational and perhaps metaphysical, but it's, it's been truthful to me. Mm. If we have the bravery to trust those silent whispers, which our intellect, you know, the voice of reason says that's crazy. But if we go there, that's where our magic lives. I, my backstory is I, I come from very humble beginnings, um, Amrit, and people didn't give me much of a chance. The, the, the second chapter of the Everyday Hero Manifesto, for the first time, details everything I've gone through in the everything. lessons I learned from it. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, this this book is the most vulnerable book I've shared because I do want to serve. And I think when I share my vulnerability and my frailties and the difficulties I've gone through, like that chapter about the time 10 years of my journals vanished. Yeah. It and taught me to let go. I think it it, it, it it helps people. But, you know, I come from very humble beginnings. I wasn't given much of a chance. I was discouraged a lot. Mm. Um, I talk in that second chapter about some of the mentors who saw something in me that no one else saw. I became a litigation lawyer. I was successful in the world, but very empty within myself. Mm. I I got an instinct to eventually write a book based on my journey and and struggles and uh, trying to figure out how I could live a happier life, a life of more service, a life of more inner peace and freedom. And, um, 
you know, I, I wrote this book that you mentioned, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I self-published it. Mom was my first editor. My mm. first seminar, 23 people attended. 21 of those people were my family members. <laughs> so I just trusted my instinct, even though it made no sense to mm. do so whatsoever. And it opened up a, a whole new universe that's led me down a completely different path. And I think that's really important to do, but it's hard to do. Yeah. Can we talk about it being hard to do when it comes to instinct? Because I pair a lot of instinct with intuition, but it seems like in today's world, we, we are less inclined to be open to such said forces. It's almost like the mind takes this real precedence. It like science, it's going to be based on hard facts, the kind of gut instinct stuff. Um, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What, what do you think is, like, how do we tune into a better is, is actually fundamentally at the heart of the question that I want to ask you, yeah. Well, First of all, I, I don't know if, you know, most people are still um, resisting instinct because as you know, there's this, uh, the big quit, you know, so many people are living, leaving their city, leaving cities. So many people are leaving their jobs. So many people are trusting their instincts. So many people are walking into the unknown. So many mm-hmm. people are taking chances because, you know, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. So I think mm-hmm. people are trusting more. that silent voice within much, much more, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. We live in a world that trusts mathematics more than philosophy and magic. Mm-hmm. And so how do, how do we start to honor our magic and follow our, our intuition And this is very, this is not a soft subject. This is a hard subject. This is for Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, you look at some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world. Like I think of Steve Jobs, he was so intuitive. Mm. He he was so connected with where the world was going versus where it was. He was such a possibilitarian and visionary. But if you were to ask me, how do we, how do we hear more of who we truly are Mm -hmm. so that we can honor our, our promise? I'd say number one, um, journaling is a very powerful methodology. Mm. before i got on with you i journaled Mm. Uh, get getting quiet i call it the three s's silence solitude and stillness sometimes even just getting into a room alone with a yellow pad of paper Mm. is powerful you know where you just write out um prayer is incredibly powerful Mm. some entrepreneurs will say what like prayer come on you know Mm. you're 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 supposed to be a a hard-hitting elite performance leadership advisor, but personally, I find um, every prayer is heard mm. and uh, the, thy will be done is a very powerful prayer. Meditation is a great way to tune into your intuition as well. Mm-hmm. Nature. I mean, I, I, for the past 25 years, almost every afternoon after work, I go on a nature walk. Yeah. And uh, and we could get we could get into the neurobiology and the fact that, you know, when you get out into nature, your prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of your reason and the crown jewel of reasoning starts to shut down and you get into you go from beta down to alpha down to theta states around Mm -hmm. nature and Mm -hmm. quietude. And that's when you can start to hear your truth. So -hmm. those are some of the strategies. But I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, the more we can stop following the crowd 
Mm. The more we can ask ourselves a fundamentally game-changing question, which is what magic and value can I deliver that no one else has the bravery or the insight and acumen to deliver to the marketplace? And even though no one else is delivering it, Mm. I'm going to bring on that magic to my stakeholders and consumers so that you bring or breed originality into the marketplace and serve a deep hunger. That's, that's where your empire lies. Mm. I love that because it speaks so much to the creative force within us. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it always captures me that, you know, we are ourselves and this is, you know, that interesting philosophical piece that we are, created in the likeness of God. And it's quite, quite a statement, but humbly the place where I can connect to it is like our ability to create and we are ourselves creations. Whoa. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's a pretty big blessing to be creative and similar to like people dialing down their intuition. You said like the big quit, I think it is really in effect. And actually thank you for highlighting that for us because I think more and more people are taking on creative ventures as well and exploring their creativity and saying, you know what, I've always wanted to open up that bar or I've always wanted to try this. Um, one of my coaching clients, she's been a, um, she's been a tax auditor for, and nothing wrong with tax auditors, but, pretty mundane job (laughs) for 25 years and she's literally just started making pottery it's become a whole thing and she started an instagram page she's got tens of thousands of followers making pottery now she's always wanted to and she never did it um thanks to this time and i think creativity is really this amazing blessing that we're afforded in this lifetime the thing i wanted to ask you about creativity is can we have a riff on the vitality that creativity brings into your life when you're not being creative you're not as healthy, right? Can you explain that to us a little? Well, absolutely. Um, I just, first of all, I'd say we're, we're all artists. Mm-hmm. We are all born into genius and then we become brainwashed and heartwashed into average. Mm-hmm. And one of the early chapters of the Everyday Hero Manifesto talks exactly about the process and explains how we can reclaim our genius. And one of the stories I share is, you know, many years ago in ancient Thailand, there was a golden Buddha that the monks used to worship. I mean, it was this massive Buddha monument that was made of pure gold. Mm. And then it became very clear that foreign invaders were going to attack the nation. And there was a chance that the golden Buddha would be stolen. So the people, the inhabitants came up with this idea to cover it with layer upon layer upon layer of soil so that the warriors would not steal this precious monument. And sure enough, when the warriors came in, they they saw this mountain of mud and they went right by it. Many years later, a young, they missed it. So many years later, a young monk saw this mountain of mud that people had walked by for many years, but there was a glimmer of gold shining through it. And I've actually been to the Golden Buddha and in the book, I, I show the picture. And so he got his his um, companions and they started moving away upon layer upon layer upon layer, only to real only to find at the end of the day, there was this massive priceless golden Buddha. And I think I think that's a profound metaphor for all of us as human beings. Mm-hmm. We are born into this artistry. Um, we are born into incredible creativity we are born into love we are born into bravery we are born Mm. not into egotism but heroism Mm. and so but what happens is from the early programming of our caregivers and our teachers and the media and our peers we become brainwashed to forget who we truly are and we Mm. lose the connection with our curiosity Mm. i noticed you did a you did a a a podcast where you, you did speak about curiosity and we lose that curiosity And then we wake up at 30, 40, 50, and we're saying, you know, we're successful in the world, or maybe we're not successful in the world, but we've lost our sparkle in our eyes. We've lost our curiosity. We've lost the sense. I know you are so focused on purpose. We've Mm. lost our purpose. And so the the inner work you speak of to reclaim our genius really is moving through those layers of brainwashing, hard programming emotional trauma that have caused us to create a case or layers of mud that lie over our light, our genius and our truth. And you're right. Once we start to move through that, through the inner work, Mm. then we get this, 
as the, as the there's an immediate payoff as soon as you move through some of that programming and do this healing immediately there's more vitality immediately there's more creativity immediately there's more bravery to stand in your own skin immediately there's more connection with your intuition immediately there's more sense of yourself mm. Can I ask you? Thank you so much for sharing that. I love your responses on the forum. Um, one of the questions I want to ask is, and this is a bit of a, well, this is one for me, maybe not so much for the audience, but is there a more nobler path potentially than actually the creativity we dive into in actually consciously creating our own life? Um, I know I'd love to for the audience for you to share your big five if you're okay with that and also highlighting to the audience that family is such a big part of that for yourself as well like you know you've been touch wood so successful and you know but like front and center in so much of that has been your family and just to see beauty in the everyday things and sorry I'm sharing your big five for you now <laughs> part of me um, but yeah just you know like actually consciously creating our life like just the yeah like just the that that like is there a, is there a bigger is there something even more noble than that like i really feel like there is just so much dimensionality to that path and in in that in that walk um your thoughts on that and potentially your big five if you could share that with us as well sure and and first i just want to sincerely applaud you for your great questions uh I, I don't always get such thoughtful questions. And even for your your spirit and your laugh and your smile. I mean, <laughs> you know, like it, Thanks, it's just, it, it just ma- it just makes me smile. And if, <laughs> if, if, the wor- if the world was like you, I think it'd be an even, a much brighter place. I just, uh, it's it's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure looking at the screen and seeing you laugh, you know. <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> you know, it sort of brings tears to my eyes. It's just, you know, it probably speaks to the, the work, inner work you've done to radiate that. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of pundits that, and, and, and entrepreneurial gurus, or mm. and I'm in no way minimizing them at all, yeah. but their philosophy is, you know, rise, hustle and grind. Um, yeah. If you're not monomaniacally focused on your ambition, you're never going to get it done. And, and we have examples of that. You know, mm. I, I, I guess Steve Jobs, it looked like his whole life was... Is, is mountaintop. Mm. There's many entrepreneurial icons. Their, their work is is their their life. And you mm. that's not my experience. Mm. I believe, and I'm not saying I'm a, an entrepreneurial icon. I'm just saying I believe you can fulfill your ethical ambitions while also experiencing daily beauty, while mm. enjoying the fruits of your labor, of course, while honoring your family and you know having amazing meals and experiences with them i think you can be a massive success financially and in and in business and it, and not lose your spirituality as a matter of fact grow your spirituality as a matter of fact you'll be even more successful if you find a cause that's higher than yourself that becomes mm. the focus of your business yo you know i mean th- then you don't get knocked down you're, you're so spiritually invested in service that when you get knocked down, you go, well, I have no choice but to continue. Yeah. And your products reflect your state of love for the people you are blessed to serve. I'm going to repeat that again because it's so important. If you really fall in love with service versus egoism and what's in it for me, then your products and services, your apps, your books, your films, mm-hmm. your whatever you, you sell to the marketplace, it's a testimony to the love that you have for the people that, that are putting food on your table mm-hmm. and people feel that love. So, you know, you mentioned my big five. This is a concept I talked about in the Everyday Hero Manifesto. Yeah. It's part of the peak productivities pyramid. And you said it's so powerful. It's because that's the pyramid that I've talked talk to the billionaires that I've been mentoring for 26 years. It shows, man. And it's helped them. It's not something I came up last week with last yeah, week. Dude, they have told I, me it's been revolutionary for them. At the risk of interrupting you, like each of those concepts unto themselves is a whole coaching Bible unto itself. Like unto itself. It's like, go away, implement this. There you go. That you could literally set an intention every year behind each one of those and just invest in your business, go that direction. It's like there's nine years worth of work right there in like a chapter. Anyway, 
Anyway, it's amazing. Please read the book. <laughs> Chapter 32 or 29, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even my friend who I mentioned in the mastermind last week said, said um, the chapter on the 13 hidden traits of the billionaires I've mentored, he said that, he said, that's a book right there. Yeah. So anyway, a, anyway, I, I, I think the point that we're, that we're, we're leaning towards is the fact that, you know, this big five concept, which I learned in South Africa, you know, I went on a safari and the, the, the guide said to me, you know, we're going to go look for the big five, the um, lion, water, buffalo, elephant and two others yes. and i went back to my hotel room that night and i asked myself however long i'm, I'm blessed to live what are my big five what are the five mm. mount everest that i want to climb for the rest of my life and you know this and then i do my annual big five and my quarterly big five and i explain the process i'm the everyday hero manifesto mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know part of my big five for this year and it's been pretty steady but it's you know it's family it's personal mastery and it includes beauty because I'm an aesthetic. The French have a term called aesthetic, a lover of beauty. What's the point of being successful but missing out on beauty? On beauty, and I think we can we can have it all if we learn how to. And how, people will say, well, how can we have it all? One of the big keys is being masterful at weekly scheduling. Mm. It's amazing that it has to be like when we start to think about some of those things. Even like one of the most a brilliant productivity tools is literally like writing lists and it sounds so mundane so simple and like but when you get into the art of it it's like holy shit i took something that was completely in the ether and put ink to paper and it materialized we just stopped to look at it for a second it's actually pretty miraculous like and they're powerful lists are powerful like you said like you know there's a whole art to just calendaring like taking time to schedule your week well, vague ambitions lead to vague results. Mm. So a lot of people, you say, what are your goals for this year? What are your HVTs, high value targets? Well, I want to be healthier and I want to make more money. Those, those there's no precision. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder why they get vague results. Mm -hmm. So running through the process I talked about in the book called the weekly design system, it does a few things. Number one, habit researchers and willpower researchers call it a pre-commitment strategy. So mm. when you go through the process where you end up with a schedule for your week that not only includes your business commitments and your creative commitments, but also your meditation time, your family time, your prayer time, your nature walks, it all goes on a weekly schedule. That is a pre-commitment strategy, which elevates your willpower and your energy to get it done. Number mm. two, the very, the very fact of journaling or writing out your week it causes you to go through a cognitive process where you're translating what your intentions, but they're fuzzy. And the process of putting vocabulary in written form to it is a process of creating precision and clarity. And our daily behavior always reflects our beliefs and our thinking. Mm. Can I ask you a question? It's a well, Sorry, I'm calm down. You're in an interview, probably. <laughs> um, clarity. It's something that is just, it is, it's stunning how empowering it really can be. And it's something I know through your work, you've afforded again and again and again for so many people. And like, it's, as a coach, I think you sort of like, I start to sort of identify as my whole job now is just clarity and communication clarity and communication it's fundamentally the the two things that i'm up to with the greatest responsibility is probably the chops of my trade i guess um how like i want to understand how do you consistently up level your identity how do you continuously afford yourself greater and greater clarity on what it is um it seems like the big five are very heartfelt and very they're not very metric driven, but they're very, uh, they're very intentional. And so that clarity that you afforded yourself that these are your big five, like that level of clarity of going that deep, that's a consequence of the inner work or how do you like encourage that clarity for others? Well, I mean, okay. So, um, each year at the end of the year, I spend roughly two weeks planning the next year. Wow. And some people, some people, you know, especially spiritualists, they might say that sounds very rigid. A weekly plan sounds very rigid. Someone once said to me at a set at a seminar I was delivering, they said, "Let planning be your springboard, so spontaneity can be your splash." Mm. And 
if if you do planning properly, I know and, and and I know it's not the sexiest topic, but it's really fundamental to getting great things done. Absolutely. But, and, and I know you'd probably want to move on to, to more interesting nah. topics. And I'd, love, <laughs> is, to, and I'd is, love to. But 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 I think, you know, I I think I'm gonna if you look at someone who has a lot of freedom and a lot of free time, those are people who've planned very, very well. Mm-hmm. And in the Everyday Hero Manifesto, for one of the contrarian methods that I shared just shared with many of the most successful people in the world that I share in the book is the five great hours rule. Mm, yeah. And so if you schedule five great hours and you have the right ecosystem and there's no distraction, all the things that I talk about, because usually it takes someone maybe even a week to get five beautiful, magical, intense, genius grade hours. That was it. Yeah. It might take a week. Yeah. So, so if you learn how to do five, five, if you schedule five great hours, eight o'clock to two o'clock, five days a week, and you turn off your devices and you get into your Menlo Park that I talk about in the book and your tight bubble of total focus and do all that, well, then you're finished work at two o'clock if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that allows you to spend the afternoon with your family, going to an art gallery, mountain biking, praying, get a massage, you know, journaling, doing whatever you want to do. So I think being intentional and being structured is actually the DNA or the gateway into an incredible amount of freedom. I have, I have so much free time because mm. I schedule really, really well. And when I work, I am like a man on fire. Mm. Mm. I, am, I am indistractable. But when I am finished, I, I'm with you know, three-hour meals with my family. I'm mm. relaxed. I'm applying the two massage protocol that I talked yeah. about. <laughs> loitering, I think is, is one of the words that was in the book. <laughs> yeah, loitering. That, that, was the, that was the, that was the, that you're, you're so perceptive. That was the Indian painter. And he just said, you know, most of my day, he goes, I paint for a while. And then I, I believe it's important to loiter around a lot. And I love, I love it. Like you've got to loiter around and let your ideas and inspiration incubate. Because that's how you become a great artist, right? Such a beautiful way of putting it. But just the way she described it is all the moral responsibility to loiter. (laughs) It's like, yeah, man, I'm getting it. (laughs) Well, well, um, Japanese novelist Haruki Murakami said, when I'm not writing my book is when I'm writing my next book. Uh, And that's why it's incredibly important if you want to be a world-class domain-leading entrepreneur Here's one of the secrets. You've got to rest a lot. You've got to spend a, take a lot of time off so yeah. that when you work, your ideas are, are genius grade and you are not eroding the five assets of genius I talk about, including your cognition, your creativity, and your energy. Mm. In there, one of the big takeaways from the book, which is actually, thank you so much for calling this out because we do talk a lot about mindset in the in the personal development space and you know there's this whole like the spirit set and you go there right we talk about mindset we talk about heart set we talk about soul set but then it's like yo health set don't forget about health set and it's your physical body and there's such this key thing where it's like when you are in a really good condition you are more creative you feel better and like we've all experienced it. you go to the gym the endorphin rush is legit the two ww i love that the second wind workout gone for walks in nature i'm on board my dog thanks you for it (laughs) um but legit like the the health the health set piece to it like and like you said you know some of this stuff is grounded and it's a bit maybe too grounded for some people but legit like having like a healthy body how like the importance of that for our path, for our creativity, for our business, even like having healthy body subsequent to business. Some people would be like, I don't have time to go to the gym. Do you have, what do you say to something like that? Those, those who don't make time for exercise must eventually make time for illness. It's a, it's an old, it's an old saying. Mm. Um, someone handed me a piece of paper at a leadership event. I delivered it in Qatar. And he said, read it in your hotel room tonight. And on it, it said, health is the crown on the well person's head that only the old person can see. Mm. So exercise will cost you a lot of time and productivity. Death will cost you a bit more, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'd say, and, and just to offer context, yes, in, in the personal development field, 
so many people talk about mindset mm. and and you know everything is mindset with 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 all respect i I, I don't agree with that. I think mindset is incredibly important. Mindset is our psychology. We must purify our beliefs. So mm. we think prosperity. So we think elite performance. So we don't live in the past. Mindset is important. But then there's a second interior empire that I talk about in the book, which is your heart set. We're not mm. just our minds and our psychology. We're also our emotionality. Mm. We are dealing with shame and guilt and anger and sorrow. And I'm going to make a link that not many people that you don't hear about it very often. But if you are dealing with that emotional baggage, that is one of the biggest reasons you're not intimate with your creativity or your productivity. Mm. And then there's not only the first empire of mindset and the second of heart set, there's health set, which is our physicality. And then there's the fourth interior empire that you want to calibrate to get to world-class mm. performance. And that's our soul set. Mm-hmm. That's just cleaning, cleaning out the ego. So we, connect with our higher power. And mm-hmm. if we really were connected with our higher power, we would like be the greatest force in the world. And so on, on the health set point, you're right. If anyone who's watching wants to multiply their performance and their prosperity exponentially, one of the quickest ways to do it is hire a trainer, get you into the gym at five o'clock or, you know, start running at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock and do sweaty exercise first thing in the morning. And we could get into the neuroscience, like the brain derived neurotrophic factor, Mm -hmm. which um, accelerates cognition. It releases uh, sweaty exercise in the morning, releases dopamine, the inspirational neurotransmitter. It reduces cortisol, the fear hormone. It releases serotonin, which makes you feel happier in this Mm -hmm. troubled world. It releases norepinephrine, which gives you focus in a world of digital distraction it goes on and on and on it allows you to combat stress dramatically mm-hmm. getting super fit is an absolute game changer for any entrepreneur it's like one of the top things you could possibly do and it's so easy to implement yet you know like it's just it's not talked about that's the thing that that really got me was like you know three days a week get someone hire a subscription just go and i think that is one of the other grounded pieces in the book that i absolutely love now this is going to sound a bit indulgent for those that are not on the same page but hear me out you prescribe two massages a week but it could be anything it doesn't have to be the massages right it could be anything like you know hiring a personal trainer fitness but it's pay for it up front book yourself in like commit yourself up front to the strategy you had a pretty word for it. i've forgotten what it is but commit yourself up front to the strategy so then now you've just kind of got to plug and play because you've already made the commitment to yourself from that inspired moment that's actually one of the things that i've leveraged so well at the moment like over the last year or so is just okay i'm inspired now i may not be inspired next month how do i lock myself in from this moment of inspiration into that for my future self and it's like six months sign up go <laughs> weekly reach out let them know you're going to be doing weekly get them to hold you accountable now you're in <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that process absolutely so you just identified one of the number one reasons people have these mighty ambitions that never get traction Mm-hmm. And it's there's the moment of inspiration where we say, yes, I'm going to run the marathon. Yes, I'm going to write the book. Yes, I'm going to build a billion dollar company. Yes, I'm going to work towards spiritual enlightenment. And after that moment of inspiration, we all go through the, the desert of creative desolation where the inspiration goes down and we start mm. to have to do the hard work. And then mm. most of us give up after a week or two and we actually judge ourselves and create shame and say, well, I guess I'm not the kind of person who could install habits that last. Really self-defeating so stories. The, the, yeah, man. It's very, it's, it's very right. And then mm. we say, we're not good enough. We add more shame, more guilt. We beat ourselves up more. And then eventually we just, you know, we escape through digital distraction because we don't want to get traction on any of our, our dreams. The tactic that you're talking about in the Everyday Hero Manifesto is one that has worked so well with my clients. And it's mm. called the Forced Optimization Strategy, FOS. That's what it's called. And essentially, <laughs> it's right. So if, if you want to apply the two massage protocol, if you want to join the 5 a.m. club, one of my earlier books, yeah. well, what you do is you pull out your credit card and you call your local gym and you tell you find a great trainer that is aligned with you. And you say, here's my credit card number and book me in for the next three months, five o'clock in the morning, come to my house or meet me in a park or I'll meet you at the gym and you're locked and loaded. 
And then you force yourself to get to the gym and then you allow the magic of neuroplasticity and habit installation to take over. And then you get to a place after, you know, a few months where you're at what, um, habit install habit researchers call the point of automaticity where it actually becomes easier to do the new habit than not to do the new habit because you have forced optimized it and this is not about having money you know you could do it with a friend a support group and say let's let's do this habit together three times a week you schedule it now you've got some commitment I want to ask another quick, thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. FOS, that's the acronym. <laughs> I knew it. Um, so action delayed is greatness betrayed. We're on that riff. We're in that sort of uh, slipstream. I think there's a perfect sort of segue to drop into there. I love that because oftentimes one of the things I find myself saying again is like more is lost to indecision than wrong decision. But the way you coined this, I was just like action delayed is greatness betrayed. Please unpack that for us because that is powerful. Well, in one of the, the later chapters, I, I shared the story. I was on a highway in, in traffic and there was a, a gentleman in a convertible car and he was, you know, in, of, let's say elderly. And I looked at his um, his license plate and it, it was some, you know, what, is, what did it say in the book? It was something like make time for fun or, mm. you know, something like that. And I, I just find a lot of people, what they do is they postpone traveling. They postpone mm. reading the great books. They postpone finding true love. They postpone building their, the businesses they want. They postpone their portfolio of passions until sometime in the future. Mm. And that is a great recipe for heartbreak. And, um, you know, I, I was reading... You know, yeah, tell me. Well, I was actually coaching someone just after having read that part of the book. And again, this is <laughs> this is literally how it went. She had two daughters um, and she wanted to go on this trip to Italy from the US. And she was putting this whole idea of going to Italy off. It was just like, you know what, like my daughter's yeah. seven and nine. It's too hard. It's too hard right now. And the conversation that we ended up having was like, but I've just you know, been riffing on this idea out of the book, action delayed is greatness betrayed. Just stop for a sec, like delaying and waiting for them to get older, to be able to go on a trip with you. Don't you think instilling the adventure in them early on would be such like a great experience for them, for yourself, the memories, you know, your family. And then come full circle by the end of the call, we were booked, we were off, right? And I was like, yes, this is going to be an incredible holiday. So, but even just that, you know, like we we park things because like you said, we sort of, uh, we get in our head about things and we sort of go, uh, and then a million excuses appear as to why that couldn't or couldn't work, why it's a good idea, why it's not. Um, but giving it the bandwidth to go, actually, if I do this now, it actually could be something really special. And who knows what tomorrow holds, right? You know, I yes, I would say, um, our excuses are nothing more than the lies our fears have sold us. I would also say it's too hard is the war cry of a heart that will be broken by regret at the end of a life. Mm. So, you know, if we, if we recite our, our, our excuses, it's too hard. And, and I, I'm aware of the context in the world right now. Mm. Not everyone can travel. There's ex all these restrictions for many countries, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But I think the larger point that we're discussing is we recite our excuses so many times that we actually seduce ourselves to think they're true. And it's mm. too hard. It's such a common one. You know, it's too hard to take little kids to Italy. I mean, what I have witnessed is there's so many people that do not take the trip of a lifetime until they're too old to do it. And then they're mm. too old to enjoy it. Mm. And so, so I, I think, you know, you're right about um, let's not postpone things, but you talked about indecision and I want to make a little nuance that is kind of unorthodox because, yeah. you know, right. Yes. In the book, I say action betrayed or action uh, postponed is genius betrayed, delayed. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I, and I subscribe to that. Having said that, here's the nuance. There are periods of our lives where we are not meant to do anything. There are periods of our lives where we are meant. I know you've got a very philosophical audience, a spiritually grounded audience. So 
there are periods of our lives, call it the dark night of the soul or the light night of the soul, mm. where we are meant to not know the answers to our biggest questions because this is part of our process mm. of becoming the people who will eventually be able to hold the answers to our biggest questions. So I, I don't think that rising to world-class and personal mastery is a linear, a linear sport. Mm -hmm. There are times in my life where I'm an elite performer where I am like running all my rituals. You know, I am getting up at 4.15 in the morning, et cetera, uber productive, et cetera. And then, you know, then I go into after, like, for example, I, I spent 16 months writing the Everyday Hero Manifesto. I gave my heart and soul to it. You saw what I put into it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in a place where it's a bit, you know, it's like, it's a different routine. It's a different mm -hmm. season. And so all I'm suggesting is, there are times to be an elite performer and there are times to know the answers to your biggest questions. There are times to execute on your ethical ambitions mm -hmm. and there are times to recover and stay, be confused or just not be as much of a performer. And as I mentioned in the book, there's a big difference between worldly productivity and spiritual productivity. Mm -hmm. I used to beat myself up when I was going through one of those fallow seasons, which is actually the time of greatest spiritual growth, mm. I'm going like, I'm not as productive as I usually am. Yes, but spiritual productivity is even more valuable. Mm. I I love that. The I feel like almost like we're like a condor. Like there's a there's the philosophical conversation that we ground and then we could take back off and then we ground. And so at the risk at the inspiration sort of go back up into the conversation uh, philosophically. The the conversation is potentially around um, us developing more acceptance for the seasons that we go through without having to place the expectations of our ego and infusing that into it. And, and I see this a lot, pummeling ourselves with our expectations, man. It is such a thing I've witnessed. There's a way that you, there's a, there's a phrase that you wrote in the book that I actually wrote down in my journal, um, having faith larger than fears. Um, is that uh, one of the places we can gain more acceptance? Can you potentially provide some advice in terms of how to accept the seasons of our lives a little bit more? I know it's super philosophical, but please. No, I love it. It's a, it's a fantastic question. And I'm smiling because life will break you down until you eventually learn to accept the seasons. <laughs> how do you get there? How do you get there? How, how have I got there? And I still have a long way to go. How have I got to acceptance? Mm -hmm. Suffering, mm -hmm. suffering, you know, um, you Rumi said it really well. He said, keep breaking your heart, keep something like keep letting your life break your heart over and over again until it opens up. Mm. So through struggles and kicking and screaming against where the muse and my higher power was leading me, mm. I'm learning more and more to be at peace with the seasons. I mm. call them in my methodology, the twin cycles of elite performance. Mm -hmm. There is the high excellence cycle when you are firing on all cylinders and running your protocols and uber productive in the world and breeding your genius into the marketplace. And then if you trust the muse or your higher power, there's often a period of incubation and recovery mm -hmm. and rest and transformation. Mm -hmm. And if you can actually have the power, it's not weak, this conversation, it's Sometimes people apologize. Sorry to be philosophical. This is this is the heavyweight conversation. And if you can go into those, right? If you can go into those deep recovery cycles, those are the cycles that not only allow you to heal and release the lower vibration and the heal the trauma and release the lower the guilt and the shame and the ego. But what's the result of that? It's not only you wake up and evolve but what would that do to your work mm. see people often there's no connection between spiritual healing and elite performance and entrepreneurial success mm -hmm. i know i know you get it you, <laughs> you evangelize it but as you heal and become mm -hmm. more honest mm -hmm. more brave mm -hmm. more connected to your higher power more trusting of your own unique creativity, more intimate with your own gifts and your talents, mm -hmm. 
And you go out in the world and every product you create, every teammate you mentor, every client you connect with, everything that you do reflects your whole new level of authentic power versus worldly power. The more intimate you become with your magic, we all have magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the more magic you can shine into your marketplace and the marketplace pays handsomely for magicians. <laughs> I love the way you put that. And I was smiling because I was literally, it was my uh, 11 year anniversary actually yesterday. And um, we were sitting at dinner and we were having this really interesting conversation about this one year where my wife took a sabbatical and she traveled the world and I joined her a little bit on the sabbatical for the, for the initial part and then I came home. But in many ways it was a sabbatical for myself as well because how often are you six years in a, in a partnership and all of a sudden you become very one in a, in a family and then all of a sudden you're like your own energy and you start realizing, oh, holy shit, I am the messy one. <laughs> And certain things like this. <laughs> I was always blaming her. <laughs> and then realizing, actually, no, I'm the one that's really good at nurturing relationships. She's really good at sparking them and like all these little bits and pieces dropped in. But that was actually the year the Inspired Evolution was birthed. It was the year she connected to the guitar and music as like a whole piece for her. And taking that time off, like exactly. And that's why I was just smiling ear to ear because we were literally having this conversation about how important it was to take that year off and just we were so afraid we were having literally an existential crisis when this happened right but when that when that year off gave us so much in terms of its bounty touch wood that you know the whole idea that you're prescribing to which you're sharing with us which is hey take some time to rest you know that spiritual like allowing things to settle let the dust settle shake the cobwebs off and the things that will be inspired to grow I'm still running on the fumes of the inspired evolution, like touch wood, blessings, you know, and it all came from taking that a little bit of time off and taking a little bit of recovery time to sort of let the thing settle, to sort of see what wants to be birthed. So before I let now, you go, yeah, sorry, go, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, I was just, I was just reflecting on, on, on what, you, what you said. And last Friday, I took my son to see Michelangelo's David. Oh. and um in uh uh gallery academia yeah and you probably know the story but right next to david in the gallery you know what probably the most famous sculpture in the world a, a genuine masterpiece yeah but there's a little there, there's a little um panel that explains that michelangelo took a discarded piece of marble no one wanted the piece of marble mm. and he was permitted to use it to create David, which is just a, like, it'll make you cry the first time you mm -hmm. see it. It's so beautiful. And all I'm saying is, I, I think one of the snares that a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is mm. they're, tr they're so busy being productive that they're pushing 1000 mediocrities out in the marketplace. Mm. I think it's much wiser to slow things down and push one masterwork into the world. All it takes is for one of your listeners or viewers to push one Michelangelo's and David into the world to be iconic. All mm. it takes is one catcher in the rye to sell a hundred mm. million copies of a book. All it takes is one Taj Mahal mm. to go down in history if that's important. All it takes is one iPhone mm. to build a, Apple was recently a, tr a $3 trillion company. And so I think yeah. that discipline c comes in the rest. I mean, mm. all it takes, like, what if we rest for 10 years, read for 10 years? I know this is so disruptive, but we're learning and we're working on the craft and we're, you know, like 30 years of being anonymous. And then all of a sudden we bring it on with the mm. Michelangelo's David mm. and we drop the mic and we, we take the rest of our lives off. <laughs> it's, it's one night. <laughs> yeah i like so this having fun and resting and all that is good <laughs> yeah and actually that was one of the big takeaways which you would not expect from the heroes manifesto just reading into the title like and also just you know feeling into what what i've heard from you before in terms of the 5am club and i like those that know know robin but there is such a deep message of balance 
written through the thread of this book it is like a deep currency that i found popping out again and again it's like can you feel the balance everything in balance everything in balance like finding a balance finding a balance you don't like you said hustle you know there's this conversation and one of the things that i fascinate the most about is when i'm on purpose it's like who i'm being and who i'm becoming are intrinsically both equally as rewarding where i'm not having to do any trades you know, it's this thing that lights me up like a Christmas tree. And that's what I just pray for, for everybody that tunes into the inspired evolution. And that's the coaching and the whole path. It's like, if I can be who I am, like right now, having this conversation with you, I'm having the best time of my life, right? Touch wood. And then who I'm becoming is potentially the ability to have all the wisdoms and insights and lessons that I'm learning from this conversation and hoping to have more conversations such as this with you in the future as well. It's enabling that as well. It's incredible, right? And that is like a life on purpose and just what it does for that. It just completely blows me away. And that is so different from a life of hustle and out of balance and just push, 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 trying to go for many mediocre outcomes and just trying to do something that you absolutely love and putting out that masterpiece that you're alluding to. I totally hear you. I agree. <laughs> Robin, I am conscious of your time, but honestly, before I let you go, I just got to ask one last little question. I ask everybody that jumps on the show. Sure. It's the last question is inspired evolution. When you hear this phrase, what does it mean for potentially yourself, for humanity, for the planet, for life in general? What do you hear? What do you feel when you feel inspired evolution? What is your inspired evolution? Well, what, what the phrase means to me, the, the name of the title of your podcast, it's just two words, as simple as that sounds. And it speaks to something incredibly important, which is first of all, you cannot inspire the world if you're de-inspired yourself. Mm. So it's protect your inspiration and the sparkle in your eye at all costs. Mm. And the second part of it is evolution, which is NSI, never stop improving. Mm. You know, um, I, 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 I was reading an online newspaper and, and in the comments section, the the poster was knocking self self self-improvement and it made me think you know first of all i believe that person has a bias but secondly hasn't civilization advanced because of people who wanted to honor their promise mm -hmm. i mean self-improvement is one of the deepest instincts of the human heart if we mm -hmm. on if we hear it and so inspired evolution is number one, protect your inspiration at all costs, especially in this very troubled yet still beautiful world that we live in. And then secondly, evolution, it's when it's easy, when it's hard, when it's sunny, when it's dark, when it's dangerous, when it's safe, keep on inspiring, mm. keep on evolving. <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for sharing that. And honestly, thank you so much for your time, your presence, your energy here today. And, and, and I know it's not just today's conversation that informs this conversation that we've had. It is literally a lifetimes of work, which again, just reminding you guys tuning into the podcast, please check out the book. Like the hero manifesto is legitimately one of the best books I've ever read for those of you, especially that are coaches that are into self-improvement in a really big way. This is without a doubt, Marcus Aurelius meditations for self-improvement in today's age. It is a it is a Bible for people like yourself and myself. We can glean so much insights. It'll keep you going for years. You can pick it up at any point in time. There's so much to pick up from it. I will stop talking about it only after you go download it. Link is in the show notes below. Robin, thank you so much for doing this. Pleasure, Amr. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. 
And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.